Hi everyone, welcome to Relatively Sane. This is Barbara Johnson. I just want to say I'm so grateful that you are listening to my podcast. I I mean, why do I say this is Jessica Kirsten? Of course it is. I'm just going to start saying other names. That's what I'm going to do now. I don't care. Who cares about anything? Honestly, look what's going on. When people are getting upset about little things like a word or someone said something, I'm like, oh my God, there's so much going on right now that you need to be upset about. And I don't think that that's what you should focus on. I just want to say I have a new house. I'm very, very grateful. I'm very grateful that I put down everything I had right before this pandemic into the house. I'm very grateful about the timing. Well, when we moved in, we started getting ants, which people said, oh, that's normal. Ants, you know, get them all the time. So, of course, we're dealing with that. Then, this is not a joke. I live on Long Island in New York. And the other day, the screen door was open. And I opened the door and a gecko flew into the house. I know this sounds crazy, but there's like geckos all over this town. And I have no idea why. Someone told me the high school's mascot is a gecko. I'm like, that's really weak. Like why? It's so ridiculous. Can you imagine if the mascot was an ant? That would be really pathetic. But a gecko is pretty, pretty weak for a mascot. And then now I was hearing something from my bedroom above me on the roof. And I'm like, oh, there's animals on the roof. They're just hanging out. Then I find out there's squirrels in the attic. I'm like, what is this, a fucking zoo? Why are there so many bugs and animals in this house? So they're like, oh, you have to, you know, put baby powder down upstairs and see if there's marks. And I, I don't even know. I don't know what's going on. We called someone to come get rid of the squirrels. And she has like 12 homes she has to go into. I mean, that's a great job right now. I shouldn't have be- I I should have become someone who gets rid of squirrels and raccoons in people's houses. There's no way I could ever do that. I mean, I, I there's no way. I'm afraid of my own shadow. I can't I kicked my sock across the room this morning and I thought it was an animal and I jumped from my own sock. I mean, things are really not easy right now. But I really hope you guys are doing well. I, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to wake up and see a llama in my den. I, I don't even know what's going on. Just know I love you all. I'm so grateful that you're listening to the podcast. So many of you have been spreading the word. Again, I have a Patreon where you can sign up, pay a little bit a month, and you get two podcasts early and special videos and all kinds of stuff. I'm going to start doing live Q&As on it. So it's very, very exciting. And um, I just appreciate everyone. Spread the word. I love you all. Sending you good vibes. And here is my podcast. So everyone, welcome to Relatively Sane. Welcome my guest who is my, oh my God, one of my mentors. I, please welcome Margaret Cho. Hi. I know. That sounded very like heavy how I just started it but it's really true I'm I never oh. get nervous no. ever oh to do this podcast uh-huh like I did it with a lot of people recently mm-hmm. that are have been doing stand-up so much longer than me and mm-hmm. you know 
even I did Rosie the other day, but with you, wow. it's like, Margaret, I went to see you before I even started. I don't even know mm. if I ever told you this mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. saw one of your one woman shows in the city. And I, it was the hardest I had ever laughed. I Aww. freaked out. I never, I didn't even start yet. Oh, and I was blown away wow. by your, your show blown away. Oh, I love that. How, you're so funny. How, you're so funny. It's so true. I'm, glad. I'm glad you're so hilarious. Yeah. What a, that's oh. a real compliment. So thank you. I'm so glad. Thank you. That's a huge compliment from you. I mean, I've been doing this 21 years mm-hmm. and that to me sounds like an eternity, but you, how long have you been doing standup? Oh, I think um, uh, I started in 1984. So Holy shit. that carbon dates me. I'm old, but I mean, that's a long time. But I think I um, I always wanted to be a comedian, you know, since I was a really little mm-hmm. kid, you know, I just knew that was what I wanted to do. I, I saw it on TV and I really understood, oh, this is what I'm meant to be. You know, like I I would see comedians, I would see like Flip Wilson on TV Mm -hmm. and I would be like, oh, that's, that's right. That's what I, I would like to be like it. You know, maybe I would see a glimmer of it, like on singers, like I would see like Mm -hmm. Marie Osmond and I'd be like, oh, that's interesting or uh, something. But then I share, remember share show from the same generation. Yeah. Yeah. All those variety shows I, I would be very interested in. That seemed to be like, that's interesting, mm-hmm. like life. But then the comedians were the ones that really piqued my interest. And also the goofy comedians, like the $1.98 a beauty contest, the, the Rip Taylor beauty contest. Yeah, I love that stuff too. I love it. The dumber yeah. it was. Yeah. Like anytime Nancy Walker was on television or something, <laughs> like I'd be like, oh my, you know, or just like the um, comedy shows like Laverne and Shirley or, you know, the goofier mm-hmm. the character, like Lenny and Squiggy, I would pay more attention. And so it just seemed like this is what I should do. So interesting to me because you're one of the people who really did what we're doing. I mean, before mm-hmm. you're one of the first women to do it for sure. Yeah. From that generation. I mean, like there was Phyllis Diller and this one, that, but there yeah. really wasn't a ton of people from your, like what women did you start out with? It was probably like what Rita, was it the Rita Rudner and Lane Boozler or were they before you a little bit? They were before. Um, do you remember, uh, do you remember, um, the, uh, I guess it it was dry idea. Elaine Boozler had a dry idea commercial that was like, never let them see you sweat. And it was the first time I think I saw (laughs) Elaine Boozler on television and she had like an Annie Persmick commercial. And, um, and then, uh, Rita Rudner had, was like very fancy. She wore like strapless gown Mm -hmm. and, um, very beautiful and kind of British. I think she was like living in England and she had a British husband and she, um, uh, was doing this comedy and there was Anita Wise also and Diane Ford. They were all, yeah, those names are familiar. Yeah. They were about 10 years older than us. So they were doing comedy. Uh, Brett Butler also is in that generation. Yeah. A little bit older. They were doing like, they were headliners. So I was opening for women like that. I was opening for Ellen a lot. So there was like a little bit generation above us, but they were doing um, like headlining and uh, 
So I would go on the road with Brett Butler sometimes and Ellen sometimes. Sometimes I would go on the road a little bit with Greg Proops also. He's a little bit in the generation above or Paula Poundstone. Mm -hmm. She was my favorite to work with because she was so funny. She's still she so funny. She is so funny. I can't even. I know. She's amazing. I'm surprised that you went, went on the road with other women, that there were two women yes. on a show during that time. Yes, they would um, really uh, seek me out. Well, Paula Poundstone would because uh, she always would rather be with women. Mm -hmm. She would rather work with women. I think Brett Butler also would rather work with women. Um, that was kind of their uh, thing. Um, I, don't, I don't really know. Uh, and I think um, I worked a lot also with Bill Hicks at that time. Um, wow. And, uh, what was that like? Well, he... Was would make me really nervous because he wouldn't get there until he went on. So when oh. you have like 15 minutes of material I, and yeah. you're like emceeing and the middle's done <laughs> and you're like on stage and you're like about to introduce them and he's not there. <laughs> it's so scary. That scared the shit out of me. That used to happen to me too. And I'm like, I don't even have another minute of material say their name and he walks in but that's how they would yeah. do it you know he just was like that but it was great to watch him because he was always in the same way that paula poundstone he was always very inventive and very different and very not exactly mm -hmm. improvisational because he would sort of start out in one place every night mm -hmm. but it would always build into something else using the audience and using these sort of different ideas and kind of tangents and um very just so smart and um, really confident. It was their confidence that really mm -hmm. held them together. And um, but Paula Poundstone is so amazing. Um, she's still probably one of my favorites. Um, I think she's incredible too. So yeah. you did the road like you were away basically every weekend for a long time. And yeah, like did you did college tours a lot? Didn't you? you yeah, did all kind. That was um, like in the 90s, uh, you could do like those big NACA things mm -hmm. and then you would do like the uh, 21 dates in a row. So you could mm -hmm. pretty much make a, a pretty good living doing NACA shows and I would do sometimes up to three a day. So you would do like a noon cafeteria show and then you would drive and do like a... Um, maybe like a five o'clock somewhere or six o'clock somewhere and then do like an mm -hmm. eight o'clock somewhere. It was terrible. Like getting uh, up in a cafeteria, horrible. Getting up in a, like a cafeteria uh, and standing on a table and doing I, like comedy for an hour and then getting down and then get, I mean, really humbling, but whatever, you're making good money and it was fine. Mm -hmm. But it was just like, I would do like boys schools. It was horrible. <laughs> I did too. It was horrific. I I can't believe I continued to do it after that. I did boys schools. I once did University of Texas in a cafeteria and the alarm went on while like lunch went on while I was I'm standing in front there's three people sitting in front of me. Yeah. And it's like ding 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 like they all had to change periods and yeah. everyone was just walking not one no one was listening. It no. was so but it's, it's also kind of fine. But it was also this era before phones. So mm -hmm. they just were just looking. And they were kind of <laughs> listening because there was nothing else to look at. So there was like, they didn't have their phone. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't really yeah. have anything else to do. So that they didn't even have a flip phone. They didn't even have a right. phone pilot. 
They didn't even have a beeper, a bomb pilot. I have not have a beeper. They didn't have they had you yeah. and paper and their books. Yeah. And, that, and a sandwich. And, each other, and our sandwich or yeah. yogurt or each other. <laughs> yogurt or each other. They had and so you could engage them and then it was very much like you know sometimes the boys schools were kind of amusing because it's like oh it's a woman mm-hmm. you know sort of youngish woman like I was probably like 22 and so you're like a little bit older than them they're kind of looking at like <laughs> they're like why are why is she doing comp yeah yeah they're kind is of she in my scared. class yeah yeah they're like what not sure and then you would go to like yeah i would do these shows and then i would go to the red roof in and oh. i would watch tv and i uh would get room service sometimes um and then there was like never there was no gps so i would always get lost always and it was so frustrating um but i would listen to like cassette tapes of like mixtapes that other comics would make me and um, I uh, would get very depressed. Um, I would, I, I was drinking a lot then, so I would drink, but I, I think I, uh, or smoke pot. And then um, it was better to smoke pot. Drinking was like not good, because then I get really depressed. Smoking pot was like better, but then pot was like really bad then. Um, yeah, it was so. not, the pot was like, it was like oregano. It, it was nothing. It was so bad. It was like brown and like <laughs> stems and it would just give you a headache and it was like not good pot. And, you know, it was just like bad, but you know, you, whatever, you, you kind of just got by, but it, then you would come back to LA and it was like, when you, whenever I came back to LA or San Francisco, it was like crazy partying. Cause I would do like ecstasy and, um, or go to a rave or something. And it was such a mad thing. And then like, you know, Monday night you would go to like the improv and it was so fun because you'd be around like comics mm-hmm. and then the rest of the week you would eat like, or going to like a traditional comedy club, the, the Tuesday to Sunday week at a comedy club. It's horrible. Ugh, I, they're like, we need you to do 11 shows. It's so crazy. And press. I know. After this pandemic, I think people are going to do like 86 shows for no money. Like I'm afraid that people are going to be desperate. Well, I do, Which I they do are. miss it, though. Don't you miss doing I shows? I know. I do. I miss the whole thing. Like, I miss the camaraderie and yeah. the... I was getting a little burnt out. Like, I feel like I was, like, phoning in my act a little. I wasn't in a creative stage. Well, it's hard because so. it's, like, it's hard because, like, it's a guy... I think when, you know, because we do so many shows, there's so few... There's so few women in comedy, so we end up working a lot, maybe um, mm-hmm. more than uh more than it we, we tax ourselves a lot so that we work a lot and then it, it's like we're i i feel sometimes a little bit over i overreached and then um as i say yes more than i should and then i get a little mm-hmm. resentful mm-hmm. so but then now i really miss it i realize that i take it for granted and i miss it more than i realized i i would i really really miss it now yeah, I love that you still do stand, you know, a lot of women just stop doing it at a certain point. Like Paula still does it. I mean, there's people, of course, who's still on the road who do it. But I think, you know, what's really bothered me is that certain female comics forgot where they came from and they mm-hmm. don't 
like you've always been the kind of person to help other women to I've always felt like that with you yeah, you've always yeah. been giving and loving like we did Dinah Shorn you were so nice to me and yeah. so but some aren't like that at all I oh. mean really it's the opposite and I don't get it because it's such a hard thing for everyone to do but especially women on the it road is. Well, there's uh, a there's a perception of like there's not enough to go around, and some women kind of operate from that thing of like I gotta get mine, and mm-hmm. the you know a, another woman makes my achievement seem less exceptional, and if I let this woman in, then I'm not gonna seem like I did. Like there's this thing of like mm-hmm. um, you've got to defend your territory among other women, but that's not true. I mean, we need other women in this to survive like we uh-huh. need the we need uh feminism within comedy in order to you know expand our ranks like we really yes. we really do but there's a there it's like women work against each other in comedy a lot and it's an old guard mentality you know mm-hmm. um it's really frustrating but i i think that um hopefully that will die out you know that's sort of a dinosaur it's gotten better. It has gotten better because I, and I agree with you, like the more women that are doing it, the more women that are out there and doing good, it's, it's going to help me. Yeah. I mean, if anything, it's going to help me. It's not going to hurt me. Yeah. 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 And you're so yeah. funny. It's like what, what you're bringing to all of it's going to help the industry and help all women. It's like, mm-hmm. You know, it it's just your take on everything is so different, which is really important and fresh. Thank so, you. like, we need it. Thank you. I mean, do you, what do you feel was your worst experience as a woman? Like, were there ever times when, um, I mean, I remember one time I drove to Pennsylvania for, like, a chicken dinner. It wasn't even money. Like, I wasn't even getting any money, just dinner, and I was felt good about it. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm getting dinner for free. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, the, and the owner of the place heckled me the whole show. No, that's terrible. Yeah, he was like, he was wasted and he's like, say something funny. I'm like, I can't believe the fucking owner is doing this to me. And then I, you're not going to believe this. I got off stage. He smacked my ass and put a dollar down my shirt. Yep, that actually happened. Revolting. How yep. do people do stuff like that? I mean, it's just... <sighs> Look at, I mean... <sighs> People are nuts, but has anything like that ever, and I don't mean like someone smacking your head, but I'm sure you've dealt with yeah. animals oh, yeah, yeah, being yeah. on the road by yourself. Oh, God. One time, um, there was a guy, uh, I think, well, he uh, ran some club at, um, I was really young too. I was like probably like 17, and I just started driving. And I was making $50 and it was this club at a college and it was um, near San Francisco. And uh, so I, it was the, it was a, he he booked other clubs around San Francisco. So I Mm -hmm. I was driving uh, and I was leaving the club. And um, so he, he gave me my check for $50 and he was walking me back to my car and he's probably in his, Late fifties. I'm seventeen. So he walked me back I to can. my. He walked me right back to my car. I'm getting in my car, and he puts his hand over the car like he's gonna kiss me, and I'm like, I can't what take the it. Fuck! Like what? Yeah, what are you doing? Like, like it's like 
Not only are you old enough to be my father, you're old enough to be my grandfather. And we're not going to date. And $50. And it's not even cash. It's a check. What? And I'm like, and I'm getting in my car and I'm like, yeah, men are crazy. Some men really think that's like when they go to strip clubs and like this this woman wants me. She fucking wants me. I'm like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> just horrified. Like, but then part of me is so like scared. Like maybe I should do something because it's mm-hmm. like they're so entitled. Then I'm like, am I wrong? If they're so entitled, maybe I'm wrong. You know, there's part of me that's like. Since I'm like, cause I, I'm so vulnerable to gaslighting mm-hmm. that I'm like, I, maybe I'm supposed to do this. Cause I've been so, I question myself so easily. Cause I, I, you know, am very like always questioning my reality. You know, that's why I've always, I always have to have like therapy and stuff. I mean, that's probably like why I've always had like a drug problem or like an alcohol problem. Cause I'm always like so unsure of everything and that I'm like if I do drugs and drink then I know I'm unsure <laughs> it's like, like <laughs> I totally understand you that. know what I mean like if I yeah if I'm like if I'm high and drunk then I can totally question my judgment it's <laughs> <laughs> such a funny that's so true though I get it you know I'm always questioning everything I think a lot of women are I mean a lot of men are too but I've been in the same place where I'm, am I supposed to kiss him yeah. Is it weird that I'm saying no, but I know it's not okay that he's doing that? Like, it's so. Right. Confusing. Like I, I'm so, like, insecure with my nose that I really try to justify my insecurity by doing things that are so crazy, like drinking too much or using drugs or whatever, so that my craziness is, like, part and parcel of something else. So mm-hmm. it's like a weird, it's like a weird thing of, like, um, let me just do this kind of uh, like um, distraction game so that I don't have to like really look at what's going on. I know I have the same issue. I mean, I've been battling with drugs and alcohol for so many years and I so relate to that. It's like if I just get fucked up and do something, I'll blame it on that. Yeah. And then you don't really have to look at what's going on. So and then that, unfortunately, that's created a whole nother host of problems, which uh, oddly enough is easier to deal with than the original source of like let's actually like get to the bottom of like okay mm. just say no just say like if you don't feel right just say no and then stand in the like honesty of like I don't like this or like I don't like you yeah, like I don't like this I don't, I don't like what's happening I don't think people understand some people I'm glad that we're talking about this because some people don't understand this they're like if I don't want to be with a guy I just said no my whole life I'm like but most of us didn't do that most of us don't feel like we have the right right to a man or a woman by the right. way I've had it happen with women too mm-hmm. um when people are out drinking and they've been very aggressive with me and I'm like and I feel like I can't say no Like, I just owe it to them, even though I know I don't want to do it. I'm not attracted to the person. I mean, I've been there. We A lot of us have. But some women are like, whatever, just don't do it. And then a lot of guys don't get it because they're so used to women just doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. And it's kind of like you can't say no, but it's kind of, but I also think like, who am I to say no? Like, 
who, where do I get off saying no? And then I, I sort of think like, because I, and that's kind of rape culture working in our mind. Mm -hmm. It's almost like I, um, do I think I'm so attractive that I can say no? Or do I think that, I mean, it's like, well, no, we could just say no. Like, it doesn't have to be a reflection on, are they more attractive than me? Like Mm -hmm. that sort of like comparison thing, or, you know, it's like, no, you don't have to have any sort of judgment about who's more attractive than who, who's, if you want to say no, you can say no. And that's it. It's like a weird thing. Um, I know I have it too. And then I know it's sad. Like I'll say this and then I'll go, Oh my God, that's so pathetic that you feel that way. But it's like, sometimes I, when I was younger, I'd feel like I didn't know my body that anyone it was there for anyone for the taking. And yeah, I, it's, I don't know where that came from or why, but I, I guess I'm talking about it. Cause I just, I hate that some young girls go through that and some women now, and just, it's all so confusing what's happening now. It's like so many messages and so divided. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, and that's hard with comics sometimes, like with male comics, where I'm friends with a lot of guys, but then there's been a lot of guys that have kind of gone the other way, like to protecting. It's interesting. There's some men that get very defensive about the whole Me Too and assault thing, and it's like, they did you so do mad. something? I know. Did you did so you hurt mad. someone? Is that where that's coming from? They get so mad. I don't know. Yeah. It's a weird. It's a weird divide. I, I, I sort of almost like, I don't know what it's about. I guess it's kind of like, um, I guess that it's everybody's just scared. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it is. But yeah, I think people are just kind of like, I think maybe because in the 90s, um, it was supposed to like, be this time where everybody really was supposed to be like very real and we really were supposed to be very truthful and like to show mm-hmm. your emotions was like a very like um everything you know, like music was supposed to be very real we were very grunge we were very raw like fashion was very raw everybody showed their ribs it was mm-hmm. like really like yeah you know very truthful but it wasn't everything was a lie <laughs> everything's a lie i know everything was like fucked up and it was you know it, it, you know everybody was being abused and it was just all stupid so of course it 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 was all false and just another way of being false like truth appear things appearing truthful but it was actually false so mm-hmm. you know us lying to ourselves in another way by appearing truthful yeah i totally agree and do you like meditate? I mean, because I have so many resentments towards people, especially lately. They're getting really like, because I'm just sitting in my head all day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really working through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you meditate? Do you like, what do you do to deal with anxiety or depression? Or there's um, a lot I, of people that listen to this struggle with that stuff. I have a couple of different meditation practices that I do. Um, but yeah, I have an active um meditation like a formal meditation practice um that takes up some time um i also have a pretty uh this is so gross and embarrassing like a pretty hard exercise regimen that has nothing to do with a fit body but has all to do i get it with exercising out of depression Mm because i'm trying not to um uh use medication for depression but i'm trying Mm -hmm. to uh beat it with exercise and the only way I can do that is um, 
exercise so hard that it's fucking horrible. <laughs> but it actually works. It's horrible. It's horrible. But it, it's kind of like the only way that you can like really like kind of um, replicate sort of like uh, that sort of dopamine response is to exercise super hard. So that's what I do, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of working. Um, I am um, <laughs> for a while. I know, Margaret. It's so, yeah. Like for a while now. So that's helps, but it's like a miracle too so that's a wow yeah. um but yeah i do have like a, a writing practice i have a meditation practice. i have to do a lot of steps so that i don't get like super I mad what's I will your get writing mad. process i i do have like a like a like a writing like of like being pissed off at things and write about it like oh you know, that's good yeah you know like writing about just things that i'm mad about and like um it kind of helps like it it's it's mm-hmm. mostly just fixated on like writing resentment out and writing like your part in it out and that kind of stuff and sometimes it involves like reading it to different various people but sometimes not you know it sort of depends Mm. but it's like kind of that that i find helpful for sure i'm laughing because my mom is a therapist i don't even know if you knew that and Mm -mm. she my whole life she told me to write therapeutic letters to people and not send them so i read them on comedy central one one of the first things I ever did because she constantly to this day says that to me to mm-hmm. just write it out, write it down. Yeah. Get it on paper. I mean, do you, f- I'm, I've been in the mode lately, which is not good where people have given me suggestions and it's like, I'm purposely not doing, I'm in a very defiant place where it's like, if you exercise, you'll feel better. So I'm like not exercising. <laughs> it's like on purpose. It's but like defiance cause is a, pain. It, defiance is an action too. So that that mm-hmm. kind of supplies its own reaction as well. So defiance is it's a legitimate action. It's something to do. You know, defiance is mm-hmm. its own its own reward. You know, so that's fine. You know, like it it supplies its own action and it is like, you know, whatever you'll you'll get something from defiance too. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay. You know, it's it's like um you know, I, I, I have like a definite supply and energy source from defiance. Like my, my defiance looks like I'm going outside to the patio. I'm going to, I have like, um, I made a screening room outside. Um, so I have a projector. That's cool. Yeah. And I'll like wow. watch meatballs and I'll defy <laughs> that movie. everybody <laughs> and I'll just watch <laughs> meatballs outside and I won't answer the phone and I'll just sit outside and watch meatballs. And I'll watch it for like the hundredth time. I'll watch Pretty in Pink and Meatballs in a row outside and I won't talk to anybody all day. (laughs) Thank you so much to all of my Patreon members for supporting the podcast. All right, hold up. Could you take a little off off the peas? You're hitting them too hard. Not action. Thank you so much to all of my Patreon members for supporting the podcast. Hold on, now you're whispering Patreon. Is there a reason you're whispering? Well, you said to take the put. Somewhere in the middle. Okay, okay. Ready? Action. Thank you so much to all of my Patreon members. Now you got to pause. For those of you who don't know, Patreon members, is that okay? (laughs) It was perfect. Why'd you stop? Oh, okay. Patreon members. Cut. Let's go back to the beginning. Thank you so much. And action.
Thank you so much to all my Patreon members for supporting the podcast. For those of you who don't know, Patreon members get early access to the podcast, ad-free episodes, and access to monthly live streams where we talk more about... All right, let's take it back to the beginning. That was perfect. Do it exactly like that. I just did it well, though, but why are you starting over? Thank you so much to all of my patron... Cut. (sighs) Why are you screaming? Because I'm just trying to get through this. Action. Thank you so much to all of my... Thank you so much to all of my Patreon members. For those of you who don't know, Patreon members get early access to the podcast. Perfect. Keep going. There's so many P's. Keep going. Keep going. Ad-free episodes. You could cut this out, right? For those of you who don't know, Patreon members get early access to the podcast, ad-free episodes, and access to monthly live streams where we talk more about being relatively sane. Hold up. Did we agree on monthly live streams? Yes, you told me I should do them because it'll get more members. I don't know how to do a monthly live stream. Don't you just talk in your phone? Uh, we'll figure it out. Come on, let's get through this. We have to go. We should okay. speed this up. All right. Thank you so much to all my Patreon members for supporting this podcast. For those of you who don't know, Patreon members get early access to the podcast, ad-free episodes, and access to monthly live streams. We don't know what that is, but whatever. Where we talk about being relatively sane. If you want to join our fantastic community that is so corny, go to patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. That's patriot.com slash Jessica Curson. That's patreon. I think you said patriot.com. Go to petroleum. I mean, patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. That's patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. Patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. Thanks again. And cut. That's a wrap. Ugh. Like, I will just sit out there. I'll, wa- yeah, I'll watch a, you know, um, <laughs> like a bunch of French movies all in a row. I'll watch, like, just Belle du Jour and, um, Day for night and like all my snooty, snobby French movies all day, all my Truffaut movies all day. And I won't, then I'll just watch all of the stupid stripes, Bill Murray. (laughs) Oh, we grew up at the same exact, I mean, that shit is my favorite. I love. Oh oh my, do you like vacation? I can't, I could watch vacation so many times. Oh yeah. I I can't with the ant on the top of the car. I can't take it. I, I also love, love I love that shit. Yeah, I love that shit. I love anything like that. And and I, I need to get back. I love a bit love like Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, mm-hmm. that kind of Ferris Bueller's Day Off kind of stuff too. Because it's, it's not. I feel so like it's fun. not heady. It's just enjoyable. You it's can just so laugh. It's so cute, and-, and it's just so cute to see everybody so young and uncomplicated. Like it, it's but it's complicated for them. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I think it's really beautiful. And then I watch like weird, like kind of pseudo '80s porn. Like I watched um, *Quiet Days* in Clichy, which is the movie that Andrew McCarthy made after uh, *Pretty in Pink*, which is like a weird. It's kind of like a *Red Shoe Diaries*. Oh, like porn! It's yeah. like like cine- Skinamax, Cinemax porn. So <laughs> I yeah, used to watch them. It's so good. Like, I'll just watch, like, Skinamax porn, like, Red Shoe Diaries kind of stuff Skinamax. defiantly in the backyard and just be like. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really good. You mean you're tense when you watch it? Yeah. I'll go or, you're, yeah. or I'll watch Jennifer's <laughs> Body. Jennifer's Body was really good, which is um, yeah. a really cool uh, Diablo Cody written script. It's really uh, great. Um, Megan Fox so hot. She's so hot. She's so hot. I can't even. I know it's <sighs> it's an, it's annoying. It's like what? Why? She's Just spread so it out to ten crazy. people. Crazy. It's so beautiful, but it's like I, so like it must be like 
But it must be a prison to be that hot. It's aggressive. It's well, too much. It must be like people project so much desire onto you that mm-hmm. it must be terrible. Like, I think to be that. that beautiful, like, it must be that bad to be that ugly, you mm-hmm. know, because people project so much hatred onto you mm-hmm. for that much beauty that it's like you can't get away from the attention. It must be like that difficult to be. It must be like being like the elephant man or something, you know, because yeah. people can't stop looking. You're, that's so true. Like you even have a disability. It's that extreme where they're just yeah. staring. Yeah. Cause it's just like, you can't, cause like, like when I look at her in that, mo- that movie, it's just like, you can't, it's like, I can't, cause even for like a beautiful woman, cause you see beautiful people all the time in, in show business. But then for her, it's like, it's beyond, it's beyond it. It's, it's like not- a strange, like, even in a movie filled with beautiful people, she looks odd <laughs> because she's so beautiful. It's like, no, this is strange. Like she almost doesn't look like a person. She looks like yeah. a, a hologram kind of a, I don't know, but uh, yeah. Have <laughs> so you ever what seen I do anyone that's like taken your breath away live, like in, not live in person? Have you ever seen someone who's like, Holy shit. You know who did that to me? Natalie Portman. Just as a person, oh. I was like, she is stunning. Her face was so beautiful. I mean, not someone I my type kind of thing, but more like yeah. holy shit. Yeah. Um, I think uh for me it was um oh uh Dan Stevens, you know, um, Matthew Crowley from Downton Abbey, you know, the one that died yeah. in a car accident. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, Cause I, I, I met him and he was so nice that I was like, I wanted to kill him. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> Oh God. You can't, I know. Like, really nice and really funny that I was like, Oh God. Yeah. That's not okay. I was like, it's, t- I was like, ew. Oh, ew. God. I know. I was like, no, like he was hilarious. <laughs> And I was like, oh, even oh. being funny is even worse really than being funny nice and really That's... sweet and so beautiful that I was like, it made me sick. And I was like, could you just leave? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was like, really, you should just go away. I know. But a woman, I don't know. Like, I think that um, women like that. Um, who would be like that? Well, you know who I used to think was so... Um, beautiful in comedy like that, who we were all like, kind of, we would all look like, like Laura Keitlinger was like that. Yeah, she was beautiful. She was be- When we'd see her, we like, like so mm-hmm. tall and so funny. Yes. Like, this like skin that was like glass. We just look at her, but um, I've never seen Natalie Portman in person, but I bet. I, I mean, because oh, she, she's on the, beautiful on the screen, person. she just like glows. And she's like five feet tall, seven pounds, like, that's why I mean not my type, but just as like a human, just so and so nice. So that yeah. even made it like like so positive and smiling and and then she's orthodox, like so I just it's so interesting. And then when I hear she's orthodox and practicing, I'm like, does she hate me because I'm gay? Like I always think <laughs> <laughs> Well like it doesn't mean she hates me, but I don't if she's I, really practicing it's not okay to have two men or two women be married. Really? Yeah. I mean, it, it, you would think that if like they're, 
modern though like if they're like they would accept yeah. the, the the modern world like you know those things are so that's I think they accept it but it's still a sin like it's not supposed to happen mm. more so with men mm. more so with men than women but it's really my friend Danny who I do you know Danny Cohen I think you know him you've he you probably remember him from this from New York like he's so he's hysterical but his mother, he's 50, and his mother to this day says, you need to, she lives in Israel. She's like, you need to marry a nice woman. He's like, seriously, mom? Like, he talks with his hand. I mean, it's so ridiculous at this point. It's been 34 years since he told her he was gay. Like, it's just, it's, I mean, I, I guess, yeah, modern would make some kind of a difference, but it's. It's sad that they're just stuck in that, though, that they just wouldn't, like, allow that the possibility for you know like well why why couldn't you just accept that they're gay like why why couldn't that be just the because even if you are you're not you don't live it like meaning their whole thing is like even if you are gay it's not okay to live as a gay person so mm-hmm. you can be gay but never have sex again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and never which if he were a lesbian that would probably happen anyway mm-hmm. i'm joking mm-hmm. I say lesbian, I, I do, did you, you did the like, gay cruises, right, with mm-hmm. men? Yeah, they, like Atlantis, they have the sex deck. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, oh, yeah, which, yeah, 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 yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing, it's amazing, um, yeah, don't go in the jacuzzi. I mean. <laughs> you'll get pregnant. You'll get pregnant. It's so <laughs> foamy. <laughs> because it's, it's so, so foamy. foamy. It's so foamy. I mean, it's. I, I think it's really great. I love, I love mm-hmm. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's like so. Um, I I don't know, but I get really seasick. But I I do love the gay cruises. But it's like so. It depends on what where you're going. Like I, the last one I went was the QE two. So it's all the way across the Atlantic. Wow, it's a long one. So it's like over a week on, um, mm-hmm. you know, from like, yeah, like New York to England. It's like very like, it's it's a really, it's a really intense cruise. So, and it's older guys, which is fun. So there's a lot of, it's, it's, it's a lot of drinking. It's a lot of food and it's really, it is fun, but it's, it's quite a long cruise and it's pretty rocky. And so, it's addiction boat. Yeah. Every time I go on them, I'm like. This is making me want to drink, do drugs, smoke, go in the casino, fuck 70 people. Mm-hmm. I lose my mind on and you're stuck on a ship. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't do I can't do them a lot because it's too it brings up. It's like being in Vegas in the hotel yeah. the whole time and working. Yeah, which I I think. Well, what's like Las Vegas is um, I do love a cafeteria. I do love an employee cafeteria. Me too. I love unlimited <laughs> jello and food and food. I love like the soft foods. I love leftovers. Everything that's like leftover, like for employees. I love that. That's great. I love anything that's in a glass case. I love anything that's like when you can't get sunlight. <laughs> that's really fun. Um, mind that like um, the oxygen is like filtered in. I, I, it does make me want to smoke cigarettes, which I, yeah, want to do, but I, I, I haven't smoked in a while. But I could, I don't know. I'm trying not to smoke cigarettes. I haven't smoked in a couple of years, but I could definitely smoke sometimes if I want. I, I, I don't want to, but 
that's something that I might would like allow myself maybe. Um, sex, I don't know. When that Las Vegas doesn't make me want to have sex just because it's so dry. And I mean, it's also there. It's kind of yeah. It's like a lot of people are like I get home, I'm like I went to a show. Like it's not my, <laughs> it's not my like, turn off. It's like my mouth is always dry there, so it just might make my my pussy dry. So it just feels like it's dry. <laughs> you know, it's a very dry. Like I have to drink a lot of water, and it's just really dry. So I don't know how good it would be there. It would be better if, like, uh, in Florida, then it's wetter. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I got. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your favorite place to perform? I uh, I love. Well, I love New or York. Or one of your favorite. I yeah. love New York. New York is great because it's just everybody from everywhere and people really, uh, they really get it and they're really laughers. And I mean, it's just, but it could be anything, you know, it's like everybody's just really into it. And uh, sometimes it's, you know, it's always a variance of experience, but every time I've been in New York, even from like, um, I think from my earliest experiences of, of like headline, like headlining from like the nineties and like at like Caroline's, you know, like the, I always Mm -hmm. had the most exceptional experiences in New York city. And then, um, you know, going and doing these sort of like one woman shows, uh, there and, and then, uh, sort of the bigger shows, um, later on and, um, I've always had a, a great time. And, and so when all of this is over, it'll, it'll be a really uh, magical thing to come back and, yeah. and do shows there. Yeah. I so understand. I mean, is, is there anything you haven't done that you wish like, or that you want to do before your career, before you retire, which I don't know when you would even retire, but is there know. anything you want to do? Oh, you know what I want is the medal of freedom. You know, mm. like the, the thing where you go and you're like, um, you, you're really old and then you get you uh, maybe get, go and the president gives you something. You, may, you might be in a wheelchair, but you'll stand up for it. <laughs> <laughs> that is hysterical. You know, like it's the one thing you'll- that you're like, you might get, but you'll definitely stand up. <laughs> When you go get it or like you've been in a wheelchair for years, but you're like, I'm getting up for this one. Yeah. Like this, it'll be a really big deal. So you'll like actually walk up the stairs to get it. So, um, that or, uh, for for sure. Uh, or like when you're like with the five people, like, or like eight people who get it. Yeah. So I think that's the medal of freedom. I don't like, even know. It's a medal of honor, it. isn't there? No, honor is people. I'm it's a, so... That's like, I don't know. That's like, not like a purple heart because that's what if you get like, if you lose a limb or something. <laughs> we that's, sound so that's, that's like like, Yeah. Wartime thing. But I think yeah. it's, um, the medal of freedom is like, well, that it doesn't mean as much right now because Rush Limbaugh got one, but. Um, <laughs> I, that's like giving one to like the, the my pillow guy. It's it's <laughs> that doesn't make any yeah it makes it's so really that took it you're right yeah that now it means not it's like giving now, it to a sofa yeah it means yeah. nothing but it'll mean something again of it, course it, it definitely yeah. means something it's like the Mark Twain award <laughs> that's what you you know and for comedians the ultimate thing is the Mark Twain award you know mm-hmm. that's the that's the one thing like and then you want to get it while you're still alive you know like I think it's great to get it yeah when you're dead too like like George Carlin. 
Uh, but you, you know, it's nice <laughs> but you to won't get it. You know about it. You won't know. It's nice to get it when you're. I think Joan, Joan, uh, Joan Rivers got it when she died too. But I think you want to get it when you're still alive. It's better. Then you can yeah. enjoy it. <laughs> I could so see you getting that. Is that when you go to the Kennedy, or what? You could also get the Kennedy Honors thing where you sit in the balcony. Yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe... I think that is that, that that is the Mark Twain Award when you get it. Oh. That is it. That's the oh, Kennedy Honors. Okay. That, I think that's yeah. It, yeah. So that's when you sit in the balcony and everybody does your material. <laughs> and then you watch it, you're like, oh. But it's great because there's no pressure because you don't have to do any jokes. You it's, just sit there and watch everybody do your jokes. Yeah, and it's just random people. It's like, I remember I watched and it was like Cole and the gang. And like, it was just, there's just these weird, like meatball, just these weird, me. I just said meatball, I meant meatloaf. That's how. Well, it's kind of like the people that you know that'll come that are famous. So that's <laughs> the good thing too, is that people that are also your friends, which is great because yeah. then you get to see people that you like who are also somewhat um, random, but that are like your friends, which is the best part of it. Um, and that's really nice too. So uh, then you get to make your friends do your jokes, which is great. It's great. I could see you hosting. Um, have you ever hosted an award ceremony? That just like popped into my mind. I would love totally, to. I would be perfect for to. that. I would love to. That would be a dream. I did get to host, um, you know, Liz, Liz Winstead. She does that thing called the Globes. Yeah, of course. Which was really fun. So that's mm -hmm. like the fake, the fake award show that they do for like shitty sexist things that happen during the year. That was really fun. So I would, that I would love to been host an award. Hysterical. It was really funny. It was really funny. So, but yeah, that would be a dream to do. Did you ever want to have a talk show? Yes. I would love yeah. to do that too. I mean, I think that that would be, um, you know, something, uh, I mean, it would be really, it, it would be amazing. So that, that is another, um, mm -hmm. a goal too. Yes. I would love to do a talk I show. I think you're going to have a talk show. I don't yeah. know why. I usually can like feel these things. I, I feel like Let's you. Let's do it. Let's do yes. it. Yes. Let's do it. Listen, I, I, yeah, we'll talk. I, it's, it's so interesting what people want to do now. Have you done anything on Zoom, like performing on Zoom in any way, shape, or form? A little bit. I've done like a couple of comedy shows. Um, I'm going to do one like on the 22nd, which is a Zoom comedy show to benefit, I think, like an Asian American bookstore thing, something. Um, May is Asian American History Month. So it's like mm -hmm. a big thing for Asian Americans. Um, so that I, I'm doing like a little bit. It's hard because when you're doing like these internet uh, comedy shows, you just don't know what's happening. It's Margaret. It's I did a show last night and I do them for old Jews. So it's talk about like it's like they just sit literally they just look you're looking in the screen, just the scowl. And I'm like, some of you are you literally look like you're at a shiva. Like, I'm not even kidding. You, I think you think this is a shiva. I don't even know if you know this is a comedy show. Like, and they're sitting on their couch, like, entitled. They're not even paying for it with their legs spread, just shoving a bagel and cream cheese in their mouth. I'm like, this is everything I hate about what I grew up with. Like, I, I don't have to laugh. You know, they just look miserable. And I, I started doing crowd work with the boxes. So I'm like, that's so funny. Yeah. I'll be like, Glenn, you look so miserable right now. You really like just looking at your face is why 
I have a weight issue. It's why I'm not okay. Like, and the crowd work with the Zoom boxes is killing. The material isn't. So funny. That is great. It just, it's great because you could see someone up close, like how they really look because we can never see anyone. We can see yeah. some people, but yeah. you really get to see them in their environment and yeah. they're awful. It's hysterical. <laughs> that's really funny. I mean, that's what's really great. Like you can really see where they're like coming from. Like you can see their house. Like you can just see a snapshot of their environment, right. which is really, I think I love that. I love it too. I, and I love how miserable just people and then a lot of times it's just like their head like you're yeah. where are you what are you doing it's so what? funny yeah I, love it. I it's I know I love it too do you do you get political I don't feel like I see you get political a lot on Twitter and stuff do you not really I mean it's almost like I, it's like there's never I, I mean maybe a little bit but it's it's like there's never enough space or time to I mean yeah there's I mean there probably is but it's like it's not enough. Not enough. There's a little bit, but not enough. I feel like a lot of comics are getting very, very political, which is fine. Of course, I, mm -hmm. but I do a little, but then I'm like, this is not going to end up being a good situation. Like, it's just not. It's never yeah. going to go the way. There's little things to say, but there's so much to say that it's better mm -hmm. to have a longer format to do it in than just mm -hmm. that it's just there's much more to the issue than that small amount of space better for small jokes and small things mm -hmm. i think i don't know what do you think is going to happen with our country i mean i'm serious like i ask everyone this question because i i'm not even talking about politics i'm talking about how divided it is and that there's really two completely different sets of views and they're strong like they're very both sides. strong well, Whether you like it or not. It's really like, um, it's weird. It's really weird. I think that it's, um, I have no idea. Well, it's this an illusion of control. Like people think that they can control this virus, which you can't. You can't mm -hmm. control a virus and you can't blame a virus on things or people or politics or anything. It, it's like, you you can't uh, control a virus with guns or um, being mad or fighting back or uh, demanding things. You know, it's like it, it doesn't work like that. But people are going to do what they're going to do. And um, I guess it's going to be seen. Uh, I guess what this whole thing does is it really shatters the illusion of control that we mm -hmm. don't really have control. And this is what happens when we don't treat the planet like we should. And mm -hmm. um, we don't treat nature like we should. This is uh, the, a culmination of many, many decades of the abuse of nature and animals and the planet, which uh, we, are, uh, we are paying the piper for uh, a lot mm -hmm. of um, our damage, which a lot of us, we don't even really realize and don't even know. Um, so, you know, that, that's sort of, I think what it is. Um, but I don't even really fully understand what it is too. I know. I don't either. Um, yeah. Cause I, we don't know. There's so much we don't know. Like we don't know yeah. about like these viruses and exactly what it means when, um, they find them and then like what it means that like why this happened and how this got transferred to a person from an animal and why we didn't know about 
it earlier and you know why was this suppressed by that government and you know like why didn't they deal with it here faster when they dealt with it Mm -hmm. in korea so quickly or in taiwan so quickly you know or new zealand it's eradicated like in certain countries it's it's, so amazing that it's eradicated and here yeah and here it's everywhere it's like we could have handled this so easily and yet it wasn't so you know but the control thing is so real Mm-hmm. And I was literally thinking about this the other day, like just thinking you have control with something this powerful, it just mm-hmm. shows how small we are and that it's like shit's going to happen. You just have to deal with it. We have no control over anything no. except the work we do on ourselves. That's right. it. Right. And how clear we can make our lives and how clear we can make our intentions and how clear we can just sort of make our spaces and, you know, what movies we, we choose to watch outside in the backyard. So great. You know, like how clear we can sort of make this, this path and sort of our, our, our lives, um, you know, like that, that is all we have. Um, Mm -hmm. And if that's, if that's clear and joyful, then that's enough, you know, that's enough for me. Like I, I, Mm-hmm. I have created enough turbulence and unhappiness. Like I'm really joyful in my existence. Like I have a really, like I've had enough sheer torture and pain. I'm mm-hmm. very happy in my life, which is great. You know, I'm like alone in this. Like I live alone um, with this little darling. Uh, you have um, the cutest doggy for, you guys have to watch this on YouTube. I love that doggy. <laughs> She is the best. Her ears just keep popping up in the video. I just lo- look at that face. She's they the just best. look at you like they're in love with you. It's so. Uh. She is the best. She's the. I do have a um a quarantine. He's a he's a Valentine. He's a, but I only see him every uh, once in a while. So he comes over, and then we have. Uh, so I have one. Yeah, one quarantine buddy. That's good enough for now. So <laughs> I love I, that so much. I'm really happy with that, you know? And it's yeah. like somebody that I'm really like attracted to and I don't have to mm-hmm. like, it, it's it's great because it's like I finally curated my existence to like say yes to the right thing mm-hmm. instead of being in things that I'm just like, oh, maybe I should do this, you know? So it's like a really good place. That's good. That is, to- that's complete self-care. It's like, yeah doing something because you want it and you like it and having boundaries and saying yeah. yes when you're, yeah. It took, it took me like, yeah, 15, one years to get mm-hmm. it finally right. And like to be doing this in a pandemic is good. I mean, the one thing that the one part is missing is like, I really want to do comedy. And then I'm I like, know. what do I, I guess it, yeah, we just have to figure it out. I mean, I don't know. All right, when are you going to do shows next? You just are you so you're doing like comedy shows on Zoom? Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I, I personally. So I have one of my daughters has heart disease, and she has very mm. damaged hearts and a heart and lungs. And I mm-hmm. am. It's not worth it for me to do any, even if it's a one in however many chance. It's just she can't. She's had three open heart surgeries and a stent. Mm. Like I can't bring home anything. I get very Ooh. nervous about that, and. I feel like it would be very weird 
to, at this point right now today to like go on a plane and go do stand up. Like I just, I don't, not ready. I, it, yeah. I don't even know what I'm waiting for, but I don't know. I, th- I don't think it's going to be too long before there's shows that are half the crowd or even a third mm-hmm. the crowd. But I think to have packed shows like in New York, and that's going to be a year. I, that's my personal. When was the last show that you did like on in a, in a place? March 14th. Oh, okay. Me too. Me too. That was exactly. Yeah. Me that's too. so funny. Yeah. That was the last. I was at Governor's on Long Island. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I love that club. I love that club. Yeah, it's great. great and yeah. where was the last time you, what was, where Oklahoma you? City. Oh, it's cool. Yeah. Um, so I think it's going to be a while, but it's okay. Yeah. I just, I, I really, of, I, I miss it, but it's like, yeah. I miss it too. I'm, I'm looking to create stuff online. So I did like a, you can do live shows now where you sell tickets and you have your guests on. It's like doing your own talk show. It's amazing. I'll talk to you about it after this, but it's really okay. great. Okay. And you can control your whole own show. Yeah. And it's weird. It's kind of like you feel like you're doing your own show somewhere. I can't I can't even explain it. It's not like a forced thing. You know there's a ton of fans on. You can have your friends on and do a zoom thing, but they, yeah. can, they can produce them so well now. It's like already they're learning how to do all this online. Mm-hmm. So interesting. That's fun. So that's great. And I think all the clubs are going to end up doing shows online. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. Good. That's good. I love that you keep talking and your ear, your dog's ear keeps, I love it so much. I'll trade you one of my daughters for the dog. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> Margaret, I love you so much. I'm so grateful you. for you doing this. I really am. Oh, she just made the cutest sound. Was that a yawn? Yeah, she's a little yawner. I can't. Oh. She's really cute. She's kissing her all. It's so cute. She's really cute. Oh, God. I can't take it. Um. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. And I'm going to get in touch with you to talk about some stuff, but I think you might be interested in, but you're so awesome. You just, you said yes and right away. And you're just, I, I just love your comedy so much. I really do. You're well, so I love brilliant. yours. Thank you. So are you. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Wonderful. 